This is the Ultrasounds Show and my name is Elove. We have a special guest coming up right now. His name is Dr. Mark Purdle and he's a pioneer in integral thinking in stress relief and recovery. He's a clinician, a writer, a public speaker, a filmmaker and a true innerpreneur. He connects the dots between science, wellness and spirituality. Mark teaches meditation and mindfulness to empower his clients to work through stress-related patterns, including depression, anxiety, addictions, chronic pain, and much, much more. And he's actually uh, finished a full-length documentary titled, Is Your Story Making You Sick? And he combines disciplines of living systems theory and neuroscience, positive psychology, mindfulness meditation, and he's developed an evidence-based program for people suffering from stress-related conditions called Skillfully Aware. I want to welcome Dr. Mark Pertle. Greetings. Hi, love. How are you? Wonderful. Welcome to the Ultrasound Show. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm so excited, and especially after seeing the movie, and I've seen your videos. I'm very, very excited to have you on, because the stress and depression and anxiety and addictions, chronic pain, the whole gamut is gotten to the place where people are really wanting to find solutions for themselves that are alternative to uh, the usual solutions. So let's talk a little bit about that. How did your journey begin in the discipline of mindfulness? Oh, wow. Okay. Well, um, you know, I was... Uh I was a businessman, um, a physical therapist, uh, got my degree in uh, physical therapy, and, and I opened up a couple of clinics, and, um, uh, you know, I was very worldly focused. I, I, it was hard for me to satisfy myself, uh, uh, never uh, having enough, uh, got a couple of business partners, and we three sort of worldly focused people um, did a great job of of earning lots of money, but um, not such a great job of um, being human. And uh, ultimately, the partnership didn't work out, and I ended up uh, losing the business that I started, uh, which threw me, I was 40 years old, and threw me into a complete tailspin. I lost my money, my title, my business, uh, my reputation, I, you know, I did not know where to turn, and um, I, uh, I fell into a depression, I began not sleeping well, uh, I, I got a lot of stress-related illnesses, chronic pain, uh, I had some strange neurological issues, restless leg syndrome, and other things that symptoms of irritable bowel and digestion and, uh, I mean, the gamut. And, and I got pills for all of these things. And uh, one day I, I was alone uh, in my house and uh, I watched Forrest Gump and I really related to Lieutenant Dan, the guy that had it all planned out for himself and then you know, fate stepped in, and he ended up drunk in a wheelchair and mad as hell. And and that's I, I felt like I, I totally resonated with Lieutenant Dan. I, I had a plan for myself, and the rug got pulled out from under me, and I was just as mad as I could be. 
and uh, had all these stress-related illnesses. And the very next day, I went running, and uh, while I was running and totally fixated on my story in my head that was just producing all of this cortisol and adrenaline, a white feather fell out of the sky, and it hit me in the chest. You know, and, and you remember the white feather from Forrest Gump mm. you know, that, that fell down. The very same thing happened to me. And, and, and I, I'm, I'm a runner. I'm still a runner. I've been running my whole life. I'm 57 and never before on a run. Before or since has that happened. And it just, you know, it was a wake-up call. And I ended up in a Tibetan Buddhist monastery in Yudlaw, Australia. And I, I spent a couple of months there. I learned how to meditate, and I began to turn inward for the solution to my uh, illnesses, for my symptoms, rather than, than the pills. And, uh, you know, it's been many years, and, and, and I, I practice every day. Uh, and although I still have stress in my life, and occasionally I still have to work through the, the, the symptoms that emerged very strongly then. By and large now, I am a very healthy, happy person. My life is on track. I have stable relationships. You know, I'm, I'm married. I have a child. It's just a beautiful household. And, and my focus um, every day, even in the midst of stress, is always just keep myself focused on the beauty, truth, and the goodness. And, and that's, that's what's keeping, you know, my subtle, my delicate insides feeling good these it's, days. It's, it's so interesting how through the adversity, first of all, we have a choice. Which road do we take? Because you could have gone down another road. Yeah. And that road would have been perhaps more destructive. And people have this going on where... Perhaps they don't feel like they have a choice. Well, you know, it, it's strange that, that when you don't know something, you can't choose it. And, and so a person that is suffering from anxiety or depression or an addiction, they, they, they can't actually make the choice not to be afflicted with the pattern. But when you learn how to turn inward... And, and see the subtle activity the, and the interdependent linkages between the mind and the body and, and the triggers in the world, the context in which you live that produces the thinking and the feeling. If you can get a perspective on that, you can begin to work with that and change your story. So, so when, when a person has one of these stress-related conditions, very often because of stress, we develop what is called a concrete perspective. And concrete perspectives are very black and white. And so a person with a concrete perspective has a very solid sense of who I am and what happened to me. And, and there, isn't, there isn't much negotiation or, or arguing with a person that's locked in a concrete perspective. They're very closed off, that perspective is very closed off to new information. But if a person allows him or herself to open up and, and to, rather than to see what's happening to them outside, watch what's happening uh, on the inside of them, then 
their perspective immediately shifts to what is called a subtle perspective. A subtle perspective is when a person can see his or her own thoughts as thoughts, not as, not as concrete things, but as thoughts. Feel feelings as, as energetic uh, waves of, of, of emotion and, and energy moving through the body as opposed to this is anxiety. You know, anxiety, when, when, you, when I say the word anxiety, I'll say air, put air quotes, uh, you know, um, anxiety sounds like a noun, but it's not a noun because you can't find it anywhere. Anxiety is a pattern of activity. It's, it's a verb that's enacted, and it's enacted in, in concert with, in cooperation with, a perspective that is either concrete and keeps it going or more subtle and and, and, and peers into it and begins to dissolve it. Does that all make sense? Totally. I, Bend like okay. bamboo. Well, yeah. You know, it's... it's um, and, and this is a strange thing about metaphors because you can take them as far... You, you, it's, it's like if you go to a meditation teacher and they say to you, you know, the cl- your thoughts are like clouds in the sky and let them pass. Um, they're like clouds in the sky. They aren't clouds in the sky. And so if you, if you picture them as clouds in the sky, what you're doing is you're actually concretizing something that's not concrete. A thought is not a concrete thing. And, and, and so I'm, I'm, I'm wary. I, I use metaphors in my teaching all the time, but I'm also super careful while I teach to make sure that when I'm using a metaphor that, the person that's listening to me understands this is a metaphor. And a metaphor is a symbol for something. It's not the thing. So let's look at the thing. Let's, let's actually look at the thought. And, and for, you know, let's, let's, you know if, if you're okay and, and maybe your listeners are interested, rather than, you know, philosophize about thinking, we can, I can actually show you how to observe a thought as what it is instead of what we think it is, Right. Perfect. Great. Yeah. So, so we have human beings are, are the human superpower is imagination, and 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 what imagination is is the symbol for the world. It's it's in our head. We we make a model of or a map of the world in our head, and and our primary senses that we make this map out of are our vision and our hearing, and so our thoughts are picture-like, and they're sound-like. And if, you've, if anyone has ever had a song stuck in their head and you got irritated by the song just monotonously playing in your head, what has happened is, is that you've, you, you're concretizing the thought, the sound-like thought. And so... As, as I speak now, what I want everybody that's listening to do is to start to count to 50, five zero in your head. So you, right now, are producing a sound-like thought in your head. Now, as you do that, I want you to listen in two directions. I want you to listen to my voice, which is a real sound. And I want you to listen very carefully to the middle of your head. 
where the, the, the seeming sound of counting is happening. And I want you to compare the two. And notice that even though your thought, the counting, is, so I'm, I'm, I'm conceding, it is sound-like, but notice that it's not a sound. That even though you're counting inside your head, if you really listen, now this is the subtle perspective, I'm busting people into the subtle right now, Notice that there is no sound in the middle of your head. And as you listen to my voice, the middle of your head, that space that's listening, is utterly silent. Stop counting now and listen to the middle of your head as you listen to me. And notice when you listen inwardly, you just hear a perfectly silent space. Now, that space is always the mind is always utterly silent. It's the most silent thing in the universe. And, and that space is the space that when in a concrete perspective, we run away from that space. We medicate that space. Because it seems like there's sounds in there. There are no sounds in there. So what is that awareness or that thought that there is sound or maybe to rephrase that question, why are people afraid to go there? Well, they're afraid because of a... This is, this is the imagination piece, and this is why it's utterly important for all human beings, if they want to be healthy and happy, to train their mind. And, and the Tibetans are very big on this. Mind training is just top priority in that culture because everything that we experience the, the life that we believe that we live is actually arising in this space we call mind. And if we don't interact, if, if, if our relationship with our own mind is uh, unhealthy, if we, if we concretize, or rather than say unhealthy, what if I say, what if it's not mature? If we don't have a mature relationship with our mind, we're kind of like children walking around thinking we hear our own thoughts or thinking we see our own thoughts. And, and thinking and believing that you hear and thinking and believing that you see your thoughts causes problems. Because truthfully, what's happening there is that information... The thought, just like you were counting just now. What is that? What is a thought? It's information that's flowing through the space of your mind. But when you think it's a sound, what's happening is you're amplifying the signal. And that's what stress-related illnesses are. They're, every single one of them is an, is an amplification. So, so if you take fear, which is a normal emotion, if, if, if we were standing on the edge of a cliff and it was very windy, you know, we would have a healthy sense of fear, right? <laughs> but if we're, if, if, we're, if we're just waking up and we're in our home and we're safe and we have anxiety, that's not, that's, that's not an emotion anymore. It's a gross emotion and it's, and it's an amplification it's a distortion that the, the, the mind-body network, the nervous system, has uh, learned. It's, it's like chronic pain. 
okay, um, people understand chronic pain because chronic pain is an amplification of pain signals. That's very easy to understand. A nervous system gets nervous, and, it, and because it's nervous, it, makes, it, it, it amplifies the pain signaling. Well, to the brain, pain is pain. And so if, if you feel anxiety, that's emotional pain. If you, if you are taking you know, benzodiazepines because you're an anxiety patient, you're basically a, a chronic pain patient. And those benzodiazepines are meant to help dampen that signal. But if you keep amplifying the signal with concrete perspectives, then you're never going to get better. And ultimately, the, the medicine isn't, isn't a cure. It can't, it can't solve what the distortion that you're doing with your nervous system. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah, and so so these I'm I'm this epidemic that we have with opioids that's sort of well known, but <clears throat> the the epidemic that is is happening in parallel is the epidemic of benzodiazepines, um, Valium and 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 the like. Um, these these medicines that are taken for anxiety, um, what they do is they dampen. The, the feelings associated with the fear. And then, because they're so powerful, because they work so well, the person who is taking this medicine has an immediate positive association with the medicine. Like, wow, thank goodness that worked. That's great. And so the very next time they feel any bit of anxiety... They take that medicine because reliably it's going to help. And then unfortunately, we human beings, the body, I should say, uh, habituates, gets used to the medicine. And once it gets used to the medicine, you have to take more of it for, to, for it to work as well. And then ultimately, you develop what's called a dependency. And dependency means that in the absence of the medicine, your baseline feeling of wellness is much, much, much lower. And so when you don't have the medicine, you feel worse. And this is exactly what happens with opiate-based medicines. You take the medicine, it helps, there's a positive association, you go back to it again, and then it stops working as well, you, you take more, you habituate, you become dependent, and ultimately, when you don't have it in your system, you hurt worse. That's called opiate-based hyperalgesia. Hyperalgesia just means you hurt worse. You hurt worse when you're, ta- when you're not taking the medicine. And, and that is an actual condition, and most chronic pain patients, if they've been taking their medicine for a long time, develop this opiate-based hyperalgesia. Well, the same exact thing happens when you take benzodiazepines. Your baseline level of feeling good uh, goes through the floor, and you don't feel good in the absence of these medicines. And then you're really stuck. And, and, then, and then you have to learn to work with your mind anyway. So you might as well start working with your mind. And what does that mean? It means learning how to watch your perspectives 
and move yourself, in a sense, grow yourself up from more immature, concrete perspectives. Now, when I say immature, I'm not, I'm not being, you know, belittling or pejorative. Everybody under stress falls into a concrete perspective. Um, I, I watch myself fall into concrete perspectives. And, but the benefit of practice is now I can see myself fall into a concrete perspective. And then I can immediately get myself into a more subtle perspective, and a subtle perspective is like when you were listening to the middle of your head and you didn't hear actual sounds of counting, you knew that you were thinking, but you also knew at exactly the same time that thoughts aren't sounds. That's a subtle perspective. And a subtle perspective dissolves the anxiety when you're skillful. That's why I call what I do skillfully aware, because a person needs to work with their attention and their awareness to mature uh, and, and, and solidify a subtle perspective so that they can work with, and in a sense become your own therapist, work with your thoughts and feelings, your triggers, thoughts and feelings, so you can start to feel better. And, uh, and people that are eager to do the work and practice and become adept at these skills, get better. Let me ask you something about if somebody is taking something right now, how do they make that transition? Do they make it with their doctor? How does that go? No, you have to because you you can't just come off of these medicines, especially if you're dependent because the, 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 taking the medicine changes the body. Every one of our cells has receptors, millions of, of chemical receptors on the cell. And when you take a medicine from the outside, basically what you're doing is you're putting uh, extra chemical into the space in between cells. And that extra chemical in the space, in a sense, forms a relationship with all of the cells. And the cells begin to produce receptors, more receptors for that chemical. And, and once every single cell has many, many, many more receptors for this particular chemical, in the absence of the chemical, that's when you start feeling bad. And not just feeling bad, there can be some real health consequences like strokes, etc. Like if you come off, some people, when they, when they, I didn't mean to say stroke, I meant to say seizure, I'm sorry. When, when some people come off of benzodiazepines, you, you can have a seizure. That's, that's, well-known, and you have to be careful. You have to be careful when you come off of medicine. Now, medicine does serve a purpose. I don't want our whole conversation to seem like I'm down on medicine, okay? Medicine is there to help us decrease the intensity of symptoms. And so if you are really anxious or you are in real pain, yes, use, use this chemical crutch and I use that word because that's why you use a crutch. You use a crutch to get some help for a short period of time. 
Right. If you broke your leg, you'd want a crutch, you know, and nobody would call you a wimp for using a crutch, you know, you use the crutch, but, but you don't use the crutch forever. Crutches aren't meant to be used forever. They'll make your legs weak if you use them forever. And so, and your balance will, will degrade and, and, and all kinds of other health problems will arise if you continue to use the crutch. Does that make sense? It's yes. It's the same with these chemicals. You can't keep using these chemicals without an end in sight, or you can't keep using them without negative health consequences. So take the medicine, if that's what you're going to do, get in connection with a wise and kind physician, someone who understands you're in a, you're in a bad way right now, but also knows how to give you the information and the practices necessary for you to be able to work yourself out of it and enable you to be a more fit and healthy and uh, happy person as you work through your difficulty. Use the difficulty in a sense to wake you up, which is, which is thankfully uh, what ended up happening with my um, bottoming out. You know, it woke me up. My pain woke me up. And if you hadn't gone through that, having experienced that, that has brought you to a place of not only healing yourself, but now you're working with others. So that's the beauty that's come out of this. Yeah. So for people that are going through something as difficult or maybe more difficult in a different way, this is an example of when you can go through that, move through it, be successful at moving through it, and then also help others. Well, the helping the others is the icing on the cake, right? You know, it's, 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 it's Joseph Campbell's hero's journey starts with, there's six phases, right? And the, the, the first one is the call to adventure, which, which I regard as the call to change. And that's when my business blew up. That was my call. That was my calling. And, and the second phase is, is often um, where the, the hero says, no, I don't want to do this. You know, take this cup, please. It's, it's refusal of the call. But, you know, if, if the call has arisen in your life, you cannot stuff that genie back into the bottle. You have to make the change. You have to go for it. And so you ultimately decide that if I stay stuck in refusal, I'm all, it's already difficult, so I might as well go. And, and in going, you reach, you go through a road of trials. Yeah, it's, it's not easy healing yourself. Healing hurts. Anybody who's ever cut themselves realizes that the second day after the cut, it hurts worse. Healing is, is a sensitized process. It's, you never get through any healing process without a little bit of pain. But you can armor yourself up. You can warrior yourself up with that. And, and really, the, the archetype of the warrior is perfect here because a warrior is okay to handle some uh, you know, personal discomfort to get to in service of a purpose. And, and that's what you have to do in your own life for yourself. You've got to warrior yourself up. You've got to decide, I'm going to do this. You road of trials. You go through it, and, and ultimately you come to this fourth stage in the journey, which is that you get the gift of self-knowledge. Then you start to become wise 
you get to come home. The fifth stage is coming home to your authentic self. You, you, you can recognize your purpose and how to give back, and the sixth step is actually giving back. And that's when you become the hero. You know, when you've gone through your own trials and tribulations, you've conquered them, you've become a different person, you are transformed, and now you give the gift of your transformation away. It's so beautiful. Yeah. It's really interesting what you said a little earlier about you're already feeling bad. So to make that switch to a transition and a transformation is not as difficult as people may think in the essence that if they're already feeling bad, it's like a period of time where that might shift, but then eventually that smooths out a little. Well, absolutely, because, you know, staying stuck hurts. Totally. It doesn't doesn't just hurt you physically, because oftentimes there are symptoms associated with being stuck, like anxiety, like depression, like chronic pain. These conditions, like addictions, these conditions are all about cycling and being stuck, and that's very painful. But more than that, when you're stuck, your soul hurts. And, And your soul is crying out for you to move forward. Your soul, that your future self that is healed, is begging you to to do something today to move yourself in the direction of your own healing. And transform. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. And have the breakthrough. (laughs) Yeah, that's the soul's journey. And it feels much better when when you start working on that transition. And, And I can tell you, you know, just from my own, in, in my own experience, it, it hasn't been like black and white. I I was in pain and then I wasn't in pain. You know, it's, it hasn't been like that at all. The whole journey, you know, even now, still, it's still hard. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't say anything is easy, but I would say that there's satisfaction, there is connection with people that I never had before, there's deep love um, that I, I wasn't able to access before, and, and that makes all the difference in the world. A, a warrior is in service to a mission, but he or she does it because of his or her relationships. That's what it's all about. And, and, and that's the benefit you get. That's the goodness that, that flows into your life. You change yourself, and you are going to surround, you are going to become surrounded with amazingly loving people that love you and are in support of your transformation, and, 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 and you're in relationship to help and support them. Brings me to the point of your documentary. Is your story making you sick? Tell us a little bit about that because watching that today was so beautiful. For me, watching people go through this from the beginning, middle, the end, and all in between, and watching how they've changed, mm-hmm. it's like watching a flower grow. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. so beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And there's stages where it grows a little slowly and then all of a sudden it just kind of opens up and you can tell that that person is on the way. 
And even though they were feeling maybe not 100% better, it seemed like they were uplifted by the fact that they're moving through with tools that they now have for themselves. Right. You know, they're, they're, more, they're more confident. Totally. And, 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 and empowered. And all of these folks, you know, what they learned, they, they learned about these perspectives, the concrete and the subtle perspectives. They, they, and they learned how to see themselves when they fall into concrete perspectives and to pop themselves out. And, and that's what the audience is going to be able to see. When you watch the film, you, 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 you understand that um, the transformation, and uh, I'll, I'll do air quotes again, the healing, is, is, is a result of growth. They, they learn how to watch their subtle insides and, and in, in community with others, and that that engagement and that that sharing of story, that opening yourself up, that 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 trusting and vulnerability allows you to see yourself differently, drop the character armor, and and let go of solid perspectives on who you thought you were, what you thought your potentialities were, you know, and 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 you you be, you become more empowered with internal resources and and that's a that's a powerful thing even you know even cancer patients in hospice on their deathbed can feel empowered in the journey that they have left they or or not and and so there's always this opportunity to be open to the next moment and to face the next moment with clarity and and acceptance and uh, and 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 that and that openness allows new information to come in and this what our mind body networks are is this, these are these are information processing devices and if we're open to new information, we're going to change. If we're not, just the old information is just going to cycle. And then we're just going to get what we've always gotten. And so, so opening yourself up to these newer perspectives and, and, and actually practicing meditation and mindfulness techniques, other uh, healing techniques, uh, somatic experiencing, other, other forms of... Um, turning inward. They're all about turning inward and and accessing the subtle. Because when you can access the subtle, then all of a sudden what seems so solid starts to break up. It becomes workable at that level, at the subtle level. So you followed eight people. Mm-hmm. And how did that journey kind of transpire? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, every, everybody's different. And everybody had their own journey, and it was it was both easy and hard, and uh, and the journey still continues. You know, we we all still have. We're you can't not be in relationship with someone, uh, e- even if the relationship's not good. You know, like if I if I uh, 
I'm, I'm speaking hypothetically now. If, if I uh, got divorced and I had a horrible relationship with my ex, that's still a relationship. Right. And, and, and two people are still working through, just even if they don't see each other anymore, right? And, and so, so in answer to your question, we, all of us ha- have been changed by this process and we're all still in process, and and many of us are close, and some are not. You know, but that's that's. But everybody, everybody's. You know, just uh, yeah. That you can't. Uh, you can't. You can't go through something like this and not be changed by it. Beautiful. And I, I have. I often do live online classes. If you're interested, um, just. Uh, email me and we can get a class together. Very often the classes that I put together are very impromptu. I just had a, uh, uh, a friend in L.A. He got 20 people together and we did an online class. And, and so that, that happens too all the time. Nice. So people can request it and uh, yeah. kind of pull the groups together. Yeah, Brilliant. And, and that's, that's actually the best way to do it. Do it with a group of people that you can feel you know, you want, you're at an accountability partner. You know, it's kind of like exercise. You know, you learn how to meditate, kind of want to have somebody else saying, hey, did you do your practice today? Right, so, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your support system. We all need that, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank oh, you for sharing your wisdom. Thank you for producing this documentary film. Is your story making you sick? I'm sure a lot of people are going to resonate with that and uh, it will be helpful for people to witness what other people have gone through through this documentary process that you've pulled together and made happen. So thank you. Thank you, E-Love, for uh, the work that you do and the opportunity to share this with your audience and I hope that we're able to uh, connect again and, and, and when I come and um, perhaps show the film in Florida then we can meet in person awesome thank you thank you and you can come back again lots of love and many blessings many blessings to you as well thank you so much thanks sweetheart uh-huh. and we've been speaking with Dr. Mark Pertle you can go to skillfullyaware.com you've been listening to ultrasounds with dj e love peace and love until next week